All right, let's talk about some some uh, <laughs> functional basketball players at the very least um, who play for largely functional teams, although that's actually one of the things we're going to get into. So um, we're today's all NBA day. Uh, it's that turn in the rotation. And we have not done all NBA in two months because I think we skipped over it last month in favor of a trade deadline thing. Um, uh, yeah, the last. No, no, no. So, okay, here's where my memory will come in handy. Okay. Oh, I haven't done it since December. And the day that you were doing the December one, I had some family stuff. So Chris filled in for me. Uh, and it's when it you guys found out live during the pod while you were recording. Oh, the Rose injury. That Derek Rose was out for two months. And yep. what a two months it's been. What John. a two months it's been. <laughs> um, I, so. I was like, I always, I always start off these by saying how excited I am to do these. I was actually like a little, not lukewarm, but I was like, I, I, I was like indifferent because I feel like, okay, it's how many times that we've done this. You know, I feel like we've been over this stuff. And then I sat down and I don't know if you experienced the same thing. I mm-hmm. sat down to try to do this exercise and I was like, holy fuck, how am I supposed to do this? Yeah. Where I mean, it is real, and I I will say preemptively that it is not so much who are the fifteen guys that make the team. Although there's going to be, a, I think, I'm curious where we line up with this because I think there is a clear top seventeen. You could maybe top sixteen, maybe you could extend it to eighteen. Okay, something something more than fifteen, but less than twenty. I think there is a clear group of players who like these people are the players who deserve like strong, strong, strong consideration for all NBA. Um, but that to me is less troublesome, was less troublesome than ordering these folks. Um, before we start, do you have any thoughts that you want to share on, on any of that? I look, this, I think, is the first time that we're doing this exercise where games played really matters in yes. like separating one from the other. Yep. There's a guy that for a while there was a no brainer. We just had his name down for a while. Now he doesn't even qualify in a lot of the stats that you want to look at yeah. because he hasn't played enough games. He's missed a little over a month. And you have to decide. Who if, could you be talking about? Uh, gee, I wonder. We might have seen him in in. Not in action, but in a building last yeah. night. Um, but like, so Kevin Durant hasn't played in a while. And yeah. you have to factor in, does the first three months of the season, two and a half months of the season, where he was arguably the MVP, one of the MVP it candidates. One, it was one one and two in yeah. between him and Curry. Yeah. Is it enough to bump him down from NBA first team or like off teams altogether? Because like games played, it matters. Does LeBron coming back from injury and looking like he has, does that bump him up to first or second team? Are we going the chicanery route with positions and putting uh, right now the MVP front runner, not at his normal position and putting him as a forward, even though he probably should be the first or second team center. So you're, you're getting ahead of, you're getting ahead of yourself. Sorry, I get ahead of me, but these are like, now that we're got the sample size is as large as it is now, these are the actual questions where you have to nitpick what you decide as like the tiebreaker at this so, point. 
So the Durant thing is interesting and we'll, we'll get to where I have Durant on my, I, I I'll just say right up front that I still have Durant. He will be, he will be one of the 15 players I name mm-hmm. because I think he was that good in the, in the time that he played. We'll see when he comes back and that will matter. The thing that makes it interesting and the thing that leads us into the next point you brought up, which again, just so everybody knows the rules that the NBA lays out are that you are essentially essentially allowed to put guys wherever the hell you want. Not, not in all cases and not across the board, but like last season, they were like, you want to put Jokic and Embiid it forward, put Jokic and beat it forward. And they're like, we don't, we, you know, we don't care. And, and they sent out specific um, designational variabilities for certain players. And then other players like randomly, they had much more stringent. Like I, I'm pretty sure Randall was like only eligible at forward and not at center, which was a little, I forget what the specifics were, but like there was some funky stuff there. I said at the time, and I'm going to say right now, if I can look at it and credibly talk myself into like that passes the smell test, I'll do it. Putting Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic as a forward does not pass the smell test for me. Me neither. So I'm personally just putting forth my own way that I go about doing this. Like, even if it's allowed and largely I'm going off of what is allowed or what is not allowed, I can't do it if it doesn't. If I look at it, I'm like, this is bullshit. This is not real, you know? So so then that also qualifies with another guy that went in our power forwards draft. So, you know, <laughs> so but there's going to be some Can we so, put him but, at guard. Yeah. But, but again, as I was finalizing this list and I was looking at it and I'm like, it was coming down to the wire and I had a couple I had someone and the other thing I wanted to say before we started, I had someone that I think you can credibly make an MVP argument for not. He's not that he's going to win, but someone you can credibly make an MVP argument for that. I, the way I had done everything, he was not on any of my three teams. And I'm like, I can't have that situation be the case. I need to fix something and we'll get to that player. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I'm curious. Yeah. In, in time. Um, okay. You want to get started? Let's do this. Uh, I'm very, I'm really feeling unsure of myself. I just want to say that. That's all. I just want to put that out there. Okay. Um, where do you want to start? You want to start with easy. Let's start with the easiest. Let's start with this. Who is your easiest first team inclusion? And I will, I will give you mine. Giannis. Correct answer. Yes. In fact, I would argue, I would argue he is the only no-brainer first team person at this point. Because of the positional designations, yes. Because like I'm not doing the chicanery of because look, there's a world, let's just be honest. Okay, I know where be, you're going with this. I know because of how people were are gonna vote on this and they just want to figure out a way to squeeze the five best players yep. that have represented this season yep. that we yep. get yep. Steph and DeRozan as your guards and bead and Giannis as your forwards and Jokic as your center. Like that's, I think a five man representation of like who the five best players have been throughout the entire year, even though the team makes no sense. So we'll, for me matters. And I think to you, it matters as well. I I'll just, we'll, okay. So we'll, we'll cut to the chase. I also have Curry DeRozan, and um, on my first team. And I think the question at this point, we could spend a minute on it. 
if we're not going to do that and I'm not doing it, and it sounds like you're not doing it either. Who's your first team center? It's a great question. Um, and I, I, okay. I'll, I mean, I could start. Um, I'll make the case. I think it's still Jokic. And I think it's still you. So the, here's the case for Embiid. The case for Embiid is he, I don't know if he's going to win defensive player of the year or finish second or third. He is unequivocally one of the four or five most impactful defensive players in the sport. Whereas Nikola Jokic is, I don't, I don't care what stats you want to throw my way. I really don't care about them. I, I cannot emphasize that enough. He's not, he's not, he's in a different caliber of player at center. And if you look at, what Embiid has done offensively and how much he has meant to the Sixers offensively, it is obscene. Like he is their offense, just like Jokic is Denver's offense. Team records, about the same. Um, minutes played, interestingly enough, not that different, but different enough that it factors in for me. Nikola Jokic, as of the time of that we're recording this right now, 1,717 minutes. Joel Embiid, 1,477 minutes. So exactly 250 minutes difference. Would that make a difference in all circumstances? No. I think it makes a difference here. And I'm going to cite a couple of stats. Nikola Jokic is the most impactful player in the league when you are factoring in what his team does when he's on the court versus what his team does off the court. I understand it is not Joel Embiid's fault that Nikola Jokic's bench sucks. I get that. But the fact is, Denver has no basketball team when Nikola Jokic is off the floor. And Philadelphia at least can do things that resemble basketball things when he's not out there. Right. Um, and then, the, and then real, real quick, just on, on some numbers, um, Embiid... 100th percentile usage, which is like insane. Jokic, 98th percentile usage, but that's deceiving because Embiid's at 38%. Nikola Jokic is at 32%. The efficiency. Embiid, 121.5 per 100 possessions. Jokic, 133.3 per 100 possessions. And then the assist percentage, it's like even it's like the inverse of the usage, except even more pronounced. Um, Embiid, 97th percentile usage for bigs. That sounds great, right? Except when you actually look at the percentage, 26.1% assist rate. Nikola Jokic, 39. He is, again, he's everything. He, they don't have a basketball team without Nikola Jokic on it. It is by the slimmest of hairs. Mm-hmm. And I think I might change by the time all is said and done. But for today, today, it's Jokic for me. So John laid out the advanced argument for Jokic. I think Embiid right now, if they handed out the ballots like at All-Star Weekend, all the eligible voters would win the MVP. I agree. Which is my hesitation. Like the MVP of the league is going to be on second team All-NBA, which is why I guess I'm going to understand when they do force him in as a forward, even though it makes no sense, because they're going to want to make sure that the MVP of the league is on first team All-NBA. This happened, by the way. Uh, I forget which order it was, whether it was Peyton Manning and Steve McNair, who was on first for uh, first team all pro, who was second team all pro, but whoever was on second team all pro won the MVP that year. My my memory is going to come back on you here. They were co MVP that year, John. They both went thirteen and either thirteen three or twelve and four. But I remember really? that happening. That I think Manning got first team all pro, and everybody thought it was going to or McNair got first team all pro. Maybe that's and it. Manning got second, and it was yeah. like, well, 
all right, well, Manning's probably going to get the MVP. And then the vote actually worked that they were co-MVP that season. Yeah, and, and by the way, it happened here a decade ago with Carmelo Anthony. He was third in MVP. He didn't yeah. make first-team All-NBA because LeBron and KD. Yeah, I, that, that's a little different from like... like all in, like for like the no, MVP. Okay. That'd be like the if LeBron MVP. was second okay, team All fine. NBA, you know. Um, so this is where I just have to go back to the counting stats. And every time I look at Embiid and be like, "Yeah, I, I want to put him on first team," Jokic is averaging twenty six, fourteen, and eight. It's ridiculous. He's having a better season than his, and then then John just laid out the advanced metrics case too. Well, there's other better season stuff too, right? But like, there's there's a a deeper numbers look that says he's even more valuable than the MVP, and then you just go 26, 14, and eight is what Jokic is averaging this year. 